Hallo und herzlich willkommen zu Inside Out, Folge Nummer 47. Patrick hier und ich nehme dir wieder ein kleines Intro auf. Und zwar wirst du heute das erste Mal eine Premiere auf Inside Out mithören, wie ich Englisch spreche, denn ich war letzte Woche zu Gast beim Tim Dörfler, mit dem wir schon mal ein Interview geführt haben auf meinem Podcast. Tim ähm, wohnt aktuell in Russland, hat davor in Georgien gewohnt und ein Großteil seiner Community spricht Englisch, weswegen wir dieses Interview auf Englisch geführt haben. Diesmal kannst du im Prinzip dich auf einen Perspektivwechsel freuen, denn Tim interviewt mich auf Englisch zu meiner Reise in die Welt und wie meine Welt aussieht. Das heißt, ich erzähle ein kleines bisschen meine Story und wir haben ein sehr, sehr interessantes Thema für dich mit dabei und zwar dein Unterbewusstsein und wie dein Unterbewusstsein Einfluss auf dein Leben nimmt und wie es Einfluss auf mein Leben genommen hat. Bleib auf jeden Fall dran, wenn du hören möchtest, was meine allererste spirituelle Erkenntnis war. Bleib auf jeden Fall auch bis zum Ende dran, wenn du wissen möchtest, was für Fragen ich mir selber stelle, um Glaubenssätze zu erkennen und um Gefühle besser akzeptieren zu können. Und ich würde mich natürlich wahnsinnig freuen, wenn du mir eine Bewertung für diesen Podcast da lässt. Und wenn du Bock auf mehr Content mit Tim hast, dann gib mir doch Bescheid, weil das ist schon die zweite Runde und wir viben ziemlich gut zusammen. In diesem Sinne, viel Spaß beim Anhören und enjoy. Aho! Awesome, let's fucking go. I'm pumped. I love I love speaking English. So that's beautiful. So <laughs> welcome back on here today. I'm not alone here. I'm here with Patrick. Patrick from Germany. It's funny enough, we're both from Germany speaking English here that you guys can all understand us. But for Patrick, it's nothing new. He's half Canadian. So I'm doing him a favor by switching. <laughs> is english english side of the brain on for a little bit so yeah how are you doing today man feeling good feeling calm feeling relaxed i'm doing what i love speaking about topics that i'm passionate about doing it in nature and not in some little dinky room because it just wouldn't feel right because berlin weather is really nice berlin summer is really hot and I'm also really grateful for the chance to to speak English in a podcast because if you don't use it, you lose it, eh? So that's it. really, really, <laughs> really nice. And also like most of the content that I watch regarding topics that we're going to speak about is in English. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of feels more native to me anyways. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <clears throat> so before we, before we started recording this conversation you just told me a little bit about um your current situation with your job and that <laughs> you got a little bit pissed off by um needing to work yeah. today even though you had a free free day scheduled for today and it's yeah. it's quite nice i think because it fits into into the whole situation that is going on on a global level and just 
I think for everyone basically right now is that we're getting exposed to things that might not be the most comfortable for us and that might not be the most suiting for us or how we intend things to be. And um, yeah. I would just love to hear from you, like how, how you perceive that and how, how you personally allow yourself to feel whatever must be felt in these moments and when you get agitated for example but then not holding mm. on to it for too long or how you how you move through these things i'd say if i had to break it down into one sentence it's just um not judging what comes up on an emotional level mm -hmm. because as soon as i start judging the way i feel i stop feeling and i start thinking and a mentor of mine once said um judged emotions turn into belief systems and identities mm -hmm. and that's what i actually don't want i don't want my reaction to a certain emotion in a certain situation to become my identity or to become like a really established belief so I just start, I just start like, I just start to focus. I, I, I start breathing. Mm -hmm. I start focusing on, on what's present in my body and where I can feel the energy in my body. Mm -hmm. And that's where I just breathe into. That's basically like the essence of how I let emotions surface and how I deal with them. And it's a process, man. It's a really, really, it's a really, really, uh, how would you say that in English now? Spannend um exciting interesting and also field because i remember it wasn't always like that i was mm -hmm. i was not always able to like relax into my emotions and to really feel them because i was really head centered and really judgmental about myself and i thought really really badly about myself regarding how i feel And yeah, I guess I've just learned not to feel bad about feeling bad. Mm -hmm. And I also realized that I, I can't change how I feel by wanting to change how I feel. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> You've been, you, you now made a lot, a distinction between like thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. So What do you what do you think <laughs> about like what is the the like the main issue or like the main difficulty that we that we are facing um, today in regards to that? Because I didn't know when people told me like, okay, you gotta like you gotta feel your emotions. Mm. I, for example, was like, I just don't feel anything. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how do we how do we get out of this thinking more into the feeling and wh where do you really where where did the switch maybe flip for you where did you start or what was like the the catalyst for you being like okay there is actually something to be felt mm. Mm. that's a good question actually because i've never really reflected on that entirely I guess, I guess the root of 
feeling, uh, feeling people feeling apathous or feeling feeling apathy because if you say you don't feel anything, mm-hmm. you still feel apathy. You know, so apathy is like one of the lowest states on the the, the scale of energy, and I don't know it for a fact, but my feeling just tells me that it all starts when we're when we are children and when people try to change the way we as kids we are really good in expressing our feelings and emotions not through words but through signals and through our body mm-hmm. and i guess a lot of people a lot of parents when they raise their children try to raise them in a way that their kids only feel like certain emotions which are positive and which are like uh which which can contribute positively to society and for me if i start thinking about it like when i was like angry or when i was like sad or when i didn't feel anything people just told me don't be sad don't be angry there's no reason to be angry right now because you could deal with it that way there's no reason to be to be to feel however you feel right now because how the way you feel isn't true isn't right mm-hmm. i think that's that's the point that i look at it where it comes from mm-hmm. what makes people really not be connected with 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 their feelings and what is going on inside their body yeah and what really catalyzed that for me was understanding um really understanding that like i have a subconscious part of my mind and a conscious part of my mind mm-hmm. and that the conscious part of the mind only dictates like 10 to 15% of what i actually feel do and say on a daily basis and that's what really got me into like getting a connection to my subconscious because once you start establishing a connection to your subconscious a lot of shit comes up a lot of fucking <laughs> and that's what really really catalyzed catalyzed the ability of actually letting emotions surface and um not judging them mm-hmm. was just like learning how to connect with my subconscious and learning that i can't judge things that come up subconsciously because there's a reason for them being subconscious. Mhm. Mhm. So is is the subconscious for you like a storage of like just emotions and feelings that have not been felt that then dictate our life afterwards is that kind of how we could frame that? Yep. Cool. For example, yeah. On the one side, yes, and on the other side, um even just fact that there's way more that i have inside me than i think that i have inside me understanding that changed a lot because it made me like it made me let go of the judgment mm-hmm. not entirely because also letting go of judgment is is like a process that's still ongoing but i yeah. guess you get the point eh yeah Yeah. So so you you say like the the conscious and the subconscious mind. Um for me always like un, until not not too long ago the mind was always located in my head. 
Mm. I always thought about the mind being my head. But the way you describe it is like actually the subconscious is not really your head, right? It's it's more what what's in the body, what is stored in there, and then what is yeah. even beyond our body, what yeah. we can tap into exactly. when we get out of this whole frame, when we get out of this shell and see that there is much more beneath that than the surface level that most of us perceive, right? Yeah. What was for you the most maybe surprising or shocking thing that you discovered about yourself when you tapped into that subconscious level and discovered a little bit of... It's a really, really, really intimate topic, but I'm actually over it. Uh, which or bec- uh, what's the reason for why I can talk about it now? Mm-hmm. Um, I attended an event in Berlin, and I guess a week. I visited that that hosted the event. Um, had uh, I don't know how to how to say it in English, but let's let's just call it a, a free event, mm-hmm. on which he basically sold tickets for his event on the weekend mm-hmm. so i went there i bought a ticket for his event on the weekend and one of the first questions that he said or asked was what's the one thing that you don't want anybody to know about you what's mm-hmm. one thing you've been hiding mm-hmm. don't think about it for too long take the first quest uh, the first answer that comes up without judging it mm-hmm. And I was like, I had, I had sex with a man mm-hmm. and I, I really started believing that I was gay for like 15, 16, 17, 18 years. I had sex with a man and I didn't want anybody to know about it. So that was like the first, the first encounter that i had with my subconscious Mm. um and i actually i actually know that i'm not gay because i love women i really love women (laughs) and i know for a fact that i don't love men the way i love women based on the experience that i had with a man obviously yeah but still i just made myself think and believe that i was gay and i always questioned my masculinity through it because it was just in my subconscious. Yeah. Wow. That's a big one to come out with. <laughs> but even like, even if you would be gay, I think this would have nothing to do with your masculinity either. Not at all. But it's, it's interesting what kind of thought cycles and like then probably that also leashed out into your behavior and like yeah. how you probably viewed gay men like from your perspective being like, oh, I'm not masculine whatsoever. So it's it's interesting yeah. how these how these thing how these things then ripple out into the world and actually yeah these unresolved things within us determine a lot of our reality around and how we perceive people, how we interact with people, how we judge people based on how we judge ourselves. Yeah. 
so a question that I, that I, I have here is like, what did change for you? Or did anything change for you after like you came out with that first thing and then probably a lot more bubbled up? Or was it just like, oh, yeah, it's cool to know that whatever, continue life how it was? So I like the event was two days. I paid two grand for the event that I didn't have at that time. I just felt I just felt right spending that a high amount of money mm -hmm. and i had this i had this this sense of connection after i left because like the first day we had like a group of like 200 men mm -hmm. all talking about things that nobody wants to know like, like that they they want nobody to know about them and stuff eh? and the next day it was like uh just 18 men left and a in a, in a sitting in a circle Mm -hmm. and obviously we had a, 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 a way bigger and huger connection to the guy hosting the event his name was Julian Blanc I don't know if you know him and I just had the feeling that I was I was I was a newborn somehow differently mm -hmm. and I started asking myself different questions and I think that was like the biggest change in my life from that point on, mm -hmm. which was like three years ago, I started asking myself different questions. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most famous coaches, practitioners on earth, Tony Robbins, says it himself, the quality of your questions that you ask yourself determines the quality of your life. So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was less that like I had a better connection to myself after the event it's mm -hmm. just that i had understood something that i had missed that that missed like as if a puzzle had been completed <laughs> mm -hmm. and i just learned that it's really important that you ask yourself the right questions and that's what i did from there on and yeah the questions that i started asking myself regarding myself and how i view topics like masculinity sexuality my belief systems, the way I want to work, the way I want to live. Mm -hmm. So that's what really made the, the, the biggest impact. Just learning, okay, there's a subconscious and there's different types of questions that I can ask myself in different settings to bring it up. Yes. So that's what basically changed for me. Like the, just the, the quality of questions I ask myself regarding mm -hmm. my life. So that, that sounds for me like you actually were not so much avoiding these topics anymore that you didn't want anyone else to know, but you got exactly. really curious about it and be like, exactly what, what else is in there? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100% right. And that's what I wanted to add. It literally dictated my life. Like mm -hmm. noble. I knew didn't know that he had a subconscious and that it made up like 85% of his daily actions mm -hmm. and everybody heard the questions that I asked myself because I asked my friends and parents and basically literally everybody around me I asked them these these same questions and the only thing that I got back was avoidance mm -hmm. was avoiding these questions because 
the people I asked the questions to didn't attend the event that I attended. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's super scary mm. in the beginning. Like just, yeah, big time. And big you time. you paid you paid two grand for for Getting like you invested shitless. that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And probably like other people just never got to, to have this experience, as you said. And it's yeah. other than that, it is really hard to, to start asking, asking these questions because we have this kind of protection mechanism within to not look at these things because it is going to be uncomfortable. It is going oh, yeah. to be not pleasurable looking at these aspects of ourselves that we have pushed down that we have neglected that we have avoided for so so long but when we're saying this right well wait you were frozen can you hear uh, me so it's 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 vice versa okay because like you freeze and i'm still i'm not i'm not frozen so i think you're frozen but it might okay. be me who is frozen <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I, I just wanted to, to ask, can you hear me now? Sure. Okay, perfectly. Um, because when we're talking about this now is like, okay, people maybe be like, okay, yeah, I also, I also don't really want to know these places within myself. Like it's, I know that there mm. is something, I don't know exactly what it is, but I all, honestly also don't want to know what it is. Want to know. No. What what is it for you that you would like say is like the biggest plus, like the biggest pro for pro aspect for actually looking within, for actually looking at these aspects? Because be getting uncomfortable doesn't really sound tempting. No, <laughs> not really. Like you could get me uncomfortable with sports easily, like in the gym yeah. or on the on the soccer pitch or something like that, or in the in the gym boxing, doing sparring. Like that's where I love being uncomfortable. But if you look at it from a trauma perspective, like the things that go on in our subconscious are some sort of trauma that we like through the trauma we disown a part of ourselves, a part of our personality. Mm -hmm. maybe by people saying okay you're not supposed to feel this way so oh my god i'm not supposed to feel this way like people who i look up to are saying this to me like teachers parents yeah. stuff like that so i'll better split my personality into acceptable and not acceptable mm -hmm. and i think like the biggest plot i think you were because i was frozen again the biggest plot Pl like plot. like Yeah. plus like pro aspect like uh, the, the biggest the, the biggest plus yeah the biggest the biggest plus is i understood plot but would have been the same for i would have answered the same okay <laughs> the biggest the biggest plus is like becoming or, or or developing the ability of owning all these parts of yourself back mm -hmm. and integrating them into your consciousness mm -hmm and living living that to show other people that there's nothing bad about owning parts of yourself that you're 
ashamed of, that you're not proud of, or that are socially unacceptable. Mm -hmm. For me, that's that's the biggest plus. And also, like once you open Pandora's box, you know what I'm trying to say here, eh? There's yeah. no but there, there's no way back anymore. I couldn't. I I just say be normal. <laughs> yeah. Anymore, <laughs> because it's just I don't have an alternative anymore. I, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, eh? There, there yeah. is just no way back because you know that you would be missing out on so much depth in life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because once once you start feeling, even though your mind might tell you that it's really fucked up, there is an urge to feel because we are experiential beings. Like we are down here to experience life and we don't experience life in our heads. We process, we can reflect in our heads, we can anticipate, but really experiencing what is going on and emotions are a big part of that is only yeah. happening through feeling. And so I completely also, get what you're talking about. And also like, if you think about all your senses, like your eyes, your nose, your ears, uh, your, your, your fingers and your skin, All of our senses are made to feel as well, because mm -hmm. let's say you, you, you smell something like fresh, fresh cut lawn, for example, in summer, mm -hmm. it just makes you feel a certain way. Or if you taste your grandmother's food, it makes you feel like a little child as you were like mm -hmm. five or six years old, sitting on your grandma's lap, eating your favorite dish mm -hmm. or listening to me music makes you feel a certain way you start dancing you start laughing touching your loved your beloved people your 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 wife your everything just makes you feel a certain way mm -hmm. so yes like you say we are feeling beings and we have the urge to feel we have the the, the crave to feel we have the desire to feel it's just that society tells us how to feel and how not to feel mm -hmm. and that like The capitalistic society we live in, if you could, if you could call it that way, tells us to buy certain things, to feel certain ways, to fill a void in us that mm -hmm. is gonna be is gonna be filled rather through feeling the void <laughs> mm -hmm. than feeling or, or or trying to trying to feel better by doing something in the outside. Mm -hmm. Now. So this is this is all kind of connected, like this filling filling the void within, which we all kind of can relate to, I guess. There is always this kind of longing for either more or something different, something new, like novelty yeah. or something like that. And as you said, like this comes not from that we actually need more or new stuff. It's more really this inner knowing that there is more within us yeah. but because we never look there it is obvious that we just gotta buy shit in the outside because that's also what advertising tells us to so yeah. it is it yeah. is kind of a funny circle that we get ourselves in yeah but how and, sorry no worries and i don't want to i don't want to become like like towards start like setting up 
theories like, oh my God, the world is controlled by the top 1% or these bad people because I'd start becoming a spiritual paranoid, you know? That's not what mm -hmm. I want to be. I don't, even, I don't even think about stuff like that. At the start of my journey, I started like really grieving and mourning about society because I felt so lonely and I felt so fucking misunderstood. Mm -hmm. But I realized that through the process that I'm going through and through like recording podcasts about what we're talking about right now is the one single and only way to actually have an impact in the world. So also there, I think for everybody listening, it's really important that if you feel lonely, feel it, embrace it, because it's okay feeling lonely from now and then, but really also connect to like-minded people, talk about the topics that you're passionate about and that are just present in your actual actual day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. And don't go the route that you start like judging everybody who is not on the same level of consciousness that you are because everything's got its timing in life. Mm -hmm. And maybe there was people before who saw you as a person with a low level of consciousness who didn't judge you, but rather gave you the, gave you the chance to elevate your level of consciousness in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's important thing to point out for sure. Now, But how do we get there? Like you, you talked about like bringing, for example, these subconscious programmings and all these things that are going on more into our consciousness, more into our awareness, more into what we perceive. So how do we do that? What are like things that you've been doing? Like, is it, is it like a a one a one-time thing that you did and now you're conscious of everything or is that a certain practice or is there a routine behind it or what what works for you to bring these subconscious programs and patterns up to the surface okay so the the, the coach in the event he gave me a lifetime supply of magic pills he was like either blue pill or red pill and with the code patrick 50 You can get 50% <laughs> off of the magic pills. <laughs> Make you woke as fuck. <laughs> It's too easy. I want them. I want them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had, the, I had what I wanted to answer in mind before I listened to the question properly. Could you repeat the question again, please? <laughs> the, what what is... <laughs> So what, like, okay, I get it. I, yeah, I, I've got it back in my mind. What, what actually helps me bring subconscious topics into my consciousness? Yes. Besides uh, the pills. Um, besides the pills. Like, I was already talking about the questions that I asked myself because there's mm -hmm. different types of questions that you can ask yourself regarding, regarding, regarding your subconscious. There's like shadow questions. Um, There's like different patterns that you bring awareness to that you don't like that mm -hmm. have an upside for you that have a good intention for you. So it's on, on the one side, it's obviously questions that I ask myself. A big one for me also was journaling. Mm -hmm. Journaling because journaling for me is like I sit down 
I feel bad. I don't know why I feel bad. I start judging. I start thinking mm -hmm. about it, which is not the route I want to go, obviously. So instead of continuing it in my head, I start expressing it. I start writing it down. And mm -hmm. through writing it down unfiltered, you just lose the judgment towards what you write down because it's not in your head anymore. You don't identify it with it anymore because it's in your head. Mm -hmm. It's outside of your head now. It's it's written on a piece of paper. Yeah. So journaling was a big thing for me because on the one side, like I said, it dissociates you from on a uh, from an from an emotional perspective uh, towards what you think, and you also learn to express your feelings and emotions and the states you are in properly mm -hmm. the longer you journal the more eloquent you're gonna be and the more specific you're gonna be about how you feel and what makes you feel a certain way which makes you become aware of the patterns that you live in and also like guided meditations mm-hmm let it be guided meditations where you where that that have a certain topic like self-love or intention setting or whatever you name it there's a meditation for it basically yeah or just also like unguided meditations just focusing on my breath and learning to see emotions not as things that are there all the time but rather like clouds in a sky passing by which come and go and yeah so if i would if i would break it down into like three or four points it would be like asking myself certain questions meditating um guided and unguided and journaling that's like the three biggest the three pillars for if you if you would if you would or could say mm -hmm. yeah I and love and uh uh psychedelics too but i have to be honest i don't want to sound anything that i've i took lsd relating so much so psychedelics are a really good way to like just look at yourself and from a different perspective regarding what you think and feel mm -hmm. so from from all the things that you said it's a lot about slowing down it's a lot about taking a step back and really reflecting and not just like reading a lot of books or like watching a lot of documentaries or listening to all the podcasts but it's it's really a lot about slowing down what you're saying here and like really looking within if it is through asking yourself certain questions if it is through journaling through sitting down and meditating or whatever it is, taking certain substances in a safe environment with the right intention. Like this is the whole no. thing by itself, but um, what, what kind of like, just, I'm just curious about the questions that you started asking yourself. Like, was it always like topic related these questions or was it like, do you have some certain cue or key questions that you get into into a certain field where you can inquire more within yourself like is there a couple is do you have like a a stack of questions that you just just always have on hand to to get yourself into this state of self-inquiry or does it always change 
Actually, not. Actually, it's like one one big one for me. Obviously, there's lots of different questions that I ask myself, and I would I would be lying if I would say that I know them all. Yeah. Because I've got them in different coachings, and I just did what the coaching told me to do. Mm-hmm. But one big one for me that I have, like, kind of programmed into my mind automatically is like, what do I think about myself right now? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. like feeling a certain way, probably you've also like, you've also like started forming your identity and your belief system based on how you feel. So you view yourself as, for example, weak when you feel angry. For example, if you show people you're angry, you might feel weak. Or if you show people that you're that you're mourning, that you're actually not happy, you could feel weak, for example. Mm-hmm. So one big one big question for me is like, yeah, what am I thinking about myself right now? And as soon as I notice I'm really real with myself then, and I also, if I think badly about myself, I just answer the question. Yeah. Because it's really important in this process to not judge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, if, if there was one big question to point out is like, what do I think about myself right now? Okay. Because that might determine the way I like act into, in my day-to-day life. Because for example, if we stay uh, or stick with the example of anger, yeah, it's like, what do I think about myself when I am angry or when I am feeling angry and I show it to other people? It's like, I'm afraid of people thinking that I'm impulsive, that I'm aggressive, and that I'm basically a bad person, that I could harm them in a way. Yeah. So that's what I think about myself. And that's also what holds me back from actually being able to communicate my anger properly and to feel it properly, because that's what mm-hmm. I think about myself. So I've disowned the part of my personality who that is aggressive, that is a bad person, if you will. Mm-hmm. So by learning or by asking myself the question, what I'm thinking about myself right now, I can integrate part of my personality that I've disowned and that I've split from the person that I am right now. And once you start like, once you start like approaching the person that you think you are with love, And acceptance, you start integrating it. That's my personal experience with the questions that I ask myself. That's a that's a very beautiful process. This is also my experience. Like from from what I do with myself, from what I do with my clients, it is this process of actually feeling or finding first of all an access point into ourselves it could be through a question which then will inevitably lead us to a feeling if we're being honest with ourselves that which will be somewhere within our body and then we can find further and further um routes down to to the root of these things and at the end as you said like when we manage to integrate these parts of ourselves through compassion they disappear Like it is not that we need to push them out of our system or that we need to get rid of them. It's just they dissolve and they melt with us. 
Yeah. And thus they're yeah. not they're yeah. not a burden anymore. Yeah. They're not not the enemy anymore. Not they're not like they're not the b- bad person anymore. They're just part of you now and this is a super beautiful process of like actually not being like okay, now I know all my shadows and I know like oh my god, I'm I'm fucked up. No, you're not fucked up. Like you're not broken. It's like not at all. This is the thought process. Yeah. Take take a downer. Yeah. Yeah. The the thought process makes us. uh, Sorry. You you go ahead. No, no. You go. You go ahead. (laughs) All good. Okay. The the thought process (laughs) of. Like the thought process itself makes us actually feel divided or broken. Because without, without the judgment, all emotions are fine and there is no good or bad. But the judgment of what is good or bad mm. makes us then feel a certain way about ourselves. And that's why I think this, this, this question of yours, like, what do I think about myself right now, is super powerful. Because this gives us really that third person perspective and like this observer yeah. perspective, taking the step back and being like, what the heck am I doing right now? Like... <laughs> What am I yeah. doing? What yeah. am I feeling? What am I thinking about myself? Yeah. And yeah. it's it's beautiful and also take <clears throat> taking this perspective, especially onto yourself and not onto others. Like, what are they doing? What are they feeling? What are they thinking? It doesn't really matter what they are doing because we dictate our experience and like our reality. So it's I just wanted to point out the power of this question because it's, it sounds like an easy yeah. question to ask, but if we yeah, really yeah. Yeah, honestly yeah. go in there, it's freaking yeah. powerful. That's the thing though, because like once you start asking yourself that question, it's like, it's like also a process, a process that you're finding like to not, to not, to not start judging that you're even asking yourself that question because that's why the things we think about ourselves actually rule us and actually rule the way we live our lives. Because if you think about it, we're constantly occupied with, um, with, um, we're constantly occupied with proving to ourselves that we're actually not the person that we think we are because we want other people to see that we're opposite of the way that we think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what that creates is just a mask that you wear in front of other people. So other people view you as the person that you don't want to be because you think that you are that way. So it's crazy, right? Because, <laughs> because it could be so easy. You could, just, you could just let go of your judgment, find out what the heck you're thinking about yourself, and just be fine with it and, and 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 like start loving yourself for the way you are <laughs> instead of constantly trying to prove to yourself and to other people that you're not the way you think you are yeah it's it's really exhausting like it is it is fighting two wars because one war is keeping up the mask and the second Thanks. one is pushing down who you really are yeah I never saw it this way, but it is really way more exhausting than for once. And the thing is, the thing is, like for you, for example, and it's a great example, like the 
the first thing that you admitted to yourself was probably real fucking painful and it was kind of pricey <laughs> it was kind of pricey in the yeah. beginning <laughs> yeah but from there on yeah. yeah you had a process and you had an idea you got a glimpse of what is beneath yeah. the surface and i think yeah. most of us get so scared of making that first step because there is so much uncertainty because we don't yeah. know how much is actually laying beneath that blanket and once we lift that blanket and we pull the first thing out it's like oh fuck that was definitely not everything but it's and also getting... like your identity dies the more you dive into it mm -hmm. and your identity actually doesn't want to die on a conscious and subconscious level. That's the next thing because like yeah. all our beliefs and, and things like look for uh, bestätigung, for approval. Yeah. Basically for approval, for approval. So to admit to yourself that you feel like a piece of shit, for example, would be a part of your identity dying, which is like, most painful thing your ego could actually experience part mm -hmm. of it dying <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay super interesting about the ego right now if you or like the ego is scared of dying no matter what like it gets easier over time but in the beginning the ego like the the connection with the ego is very strong where the ego is actually ruling us most of the time, right? Yeah. So how, and I don't know, maybe this is literally the same process that I, that I asked you before, but what was your process of actually taking a step back and like realizing Realize. that you are not only your ego? That there is, because otherwise... If the ego dies, that would mean if you're fully ad identified with it, that you die. No. No. Like, no. But is there, how did you, how did you get into that whole process of actually being like, okay, if the ego dies, it doesn't mean that I die. It's, it's not me. It's, it's actually a mask that I put up. Like, how did you, how did you get that? understanding of it not just intellectually but really like within your system that you understood okay i am not not just my ego i'm not just this mask to be honest it was through through other people through outsiders uh-huh because for me alone i was i was really it was really hard for me to find the courage to actually let a part of myself die sort yeah. of and I guess the only way you could do it is live through an experience where you have the feeling that a part of your identity or a part of your ego or a part of whatever dies and realizing that you're going to be fine, that you're going to be just fine and that your life is going to continue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I guess that's like the, 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 the one thing for me there, having one experience that feels painful and actually surviving it sounds stupid if you mm -hmm. if you judge it on an intellectual level but for me it feels really true because once 
once you've experienced a really, really high amount of pain in a certain situation where you start facing your subconscious or your ego or whatever, you realize, you start realizing like, okay, this is not as I expected it to be. This is not how I thought it would be. I am not how I think I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So just living through the experience opens the door for like for for yourself seeing yourself as somebody who can live through it nice i like that and there we are back at the at the point where it's all about experience yeah you cannot you cannot think your way through that process like it is literally everything what we talked about in the last hour we started from the head and how to actually get more into the body and the heart. And now we're again, that is like, how do we do it? And it's like, you got to do it. It's like, this is the only way, like you got to jump in that cold plunge. You got to jump in there and be like, fuck, that's uncomfortable, but I get out of it and I'm still alive and maybe even more alive than before. That's the paradox. Before. Yeah. A part of you dies, yeah. but yeah. you're more alive than before. This is the paradox yeah. in it. Yeah. And maybe also what could really help if uh, people who like are really starting on this journey. Yeah. It's just, you don't, there's no need to do it alone. There's no need. Look for communities, look for events. Look for spaces that are like, like you said, that have a nice setting and don't do it alone. Have somebody with you who maybe guides you through the first experience mm-hmm. and who's been there before already. People who've been there before obviously frame the experience so that you can go through it and feel safe and secure because that that's how i started too i would have never been able to do it alone and the only reason i was able to do it was that i had like 300 men around me also sharing very intimate things and realizing okay they can share it without being judged they can share it without being laughed at they can share it without like being called certain ways you know so Mm -hmm. also a very big thing is just community Mm -hmm. community and that's beautiful that was also a beautiful segue because i just wanted to ask you what if people (laughs) are like patrick super nice and i just have more questions about this whole process of like facing whatever is lying beneath the surface what is beneath the our conscious level right now and how we can dive into this whole void of the subconscious like how where can people find you what what are your platforms how do you how are you accessible for people online so i've also got my own podcast on spotify which is called can you hear me is all good connection yes yes all good okay perfect which is called inside out by patrick by patrick harton So that's my one platform, Spotify, also Apple Podcasts, same name. 
and my Instagram. That's all I've got for the moment. That's more than enough, I guess. Talk about. I think so too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So people can just shoot you a DM if they have any questions and reach out to you and. Hundred percent. Cool. I'm grateful about every person that has the courage to actually approach somebody and write them a DM Hmm. with a topic that might be intimate. Mm -hmm. And I would be highly grateful if I only get like one message, if even. So yeah, feel free to shoot me a DM. And let's get in touch. Cool. I'm going to for sure pack all of your links down into the bio. And I just really want to show my gratitude towards you for taking that time even now before you got to go back to work (laughs) and (laughs) And sharing, sharing these insights with us and just sharing your journey and being so honest and open here, like showing that it's okay to be vulnerable and that it's not easy at the beginning and that it takes courage and that it takes sometimes a strong commitment to really start on that journey and to really go down that route that at yeah. some point will be very rewarding and will make you yeah. feel more alive. But it is, it, it does require courage and it's going to be painful at times, yeah. but it's beautiful that you're leading this path by your example. And I'm really grateful for you jumping on here and just being a good friend of yours. So yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. man. Thanks for your time. If I could add one last thing, add it because it's just something that I've learned recently and that I have the feeling holds a lot of value to literally everybody listening to this. Mm-hmm. It's also don't expect topics to resurface if you've already dealt with them and have the feeling that you're done with them. Don't expect that because from my experience at the start of my journey, I had this level of consciousness and I started doing the work, but I also expected a, a, like a huge change in my personal life. And the change might not come from doing it once or twice or mm-hmm. 10 times or 20 times. Just do the work, show up every day, do the work. And stop expecting any kind of result immediately. Because Mm -hmm. most of the subconscious changes that you will feel, you'll feel a year from now, maybe two years from now, where Mm -hmm. you suddenly realize, okay, something is really different now. I am really different Mm -hmm. because I am in charge. So that's what I wanted to add because... As I started, like I said, I had this expectation of, okay, now I'm doing the work. So, okay, now there's, like, I meditate. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm like the fucking avatar with a third eye and, like, <laughs> flying above the air. No, that's probably not what it's going to be. So don't expect results just by doing something, like, once or twice or mm-hmm. even starting it. Stay patient, stay at it, stay humble. Mm-hmm. And you'll eventually re-own every part of yourself that you've disowned i love things take time i love that patience such a such a huge key nowadays patience (laughs) (sighs) we could record a whole podcast just on on the topic patience because i'm 
I would describe myself as one of the most impatient persons on planet Earth. <laughs> so just there, I've learned a lot. But but you're doing quite well. Like you're doing quite well for being the most impatient person on this planet. <laughs> yeah, I could do worse. Yeah, I could do worse. But that's also a thing like we oftentimes feel like this one person in the world that feels a certain way. So that was a big learning for me too. Like I'm not alone with what I feel and what I think. <laughs> yes. So amazing, amazing, amazing takeaways in the last couple of seconds, like be patient, be consistent and allow yourself to receive help. Like allow yourself to join a community, allow yourself to just reach out to people like, Patrick or myself or whoever you resonate with yeah. and just shoot a, shoot a message. Just get to get into contact with people. Like that's how Patrick and I started to connect. We just sh shot each other a message on Instagram and that's how we connected. And Brother, let's connect. Let's talk. Yeah, let's go. So it's, easy. it's, it's easier than we often think inside our heads. So If you have that feeling, if you have that urge to reach out, please feel free to reach out to either Patrick or myself and just have a conversation. Together. Yeah. We're all in this together. You're so damn right, man. <laughs> 100%. I wish you a wonderful day over in well, Berlin. Thanks a lot for your time and hosting. Thanks. You too, to Russia. Thank you. And Пока, пока. Пока, пока. Увидимся, брат. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand that.